Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the TMS pod. My name is Mitchell. And in this episode, we have our second ever guest on the podcast. We're doubling up on guests here. And it is with Raylan Joey. Now, Raylan is an extremely talented filmmaker, director, editor, Essentially, he does everything when it comes to filmmaking and stuff like that. He has worked with some quite impressive brands like Bugatti, Ferrari, Polestar, uh, Sony, DJI, and NASA even, which is pretty nuts. And he's done all this before the age of 21 years old. So he is pretty impressive and we had the privilege to chat with him for about an hour and uh, talk to him about a whole bunch of different things. If you are following the filmmaking space on YouTube at all, you probably have seen one of, or two of his videos because he recently just posted a video that's popping off right now about how he worked with Bugatti. Uh, it's a great video, go check it out. It's gonna be linked down below. Also, if you are a longtime viewer of the TMS Productions channel, you might remember that Raylan actually won our first ever editing contest that we hosted back Back in I think 2020 uh, so he won that uh, and ended up winning a drone from it which is pretty cool so the whole thing has essentially come full circle anyways in this episode of the podcast we talk about how he got into filmmaking how he is able to work with big brands and how you can too as well as advice for young filmmakers looking to do the same so enjoy welcome thank you for being on the podcast thank you guys what a lovely intro thank you <laughs> of course of course I, uh, I think we'll just ju jump right into it here um, we, I think a place we like to start, especially when we're talking with filmmakers and stuff is just asking them, especially when they're young filmmakers like you are, is like, how exactly did they get into the filmmaking game? Where did their interest come from? And essentially just your, uh, your origin story, if you will. Yeah. Well, um, first of all, really happy to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks, Thank really Thanks for coming. It's, uh, it's an honor, honestly, to chat with you. Wow. Well, <laughs> likewise. So, um, so yeah, my story, um, uh, to be honest, it started quite a quite a while ago, kind of with me fiddling about a bit with cameras, just just with uh, with a little point and shoot I had lying at home. Um, my mum's actually like a, a documentary camera woman, so she did a couple oh, wow. okay. couple series um, back in the day, like Dutch Dutch series. Um, right. And then we moved from Amsterdam, where I'm currently living and where I was born. We moved to Berlin to Germany um, and in that switch just uh, you know a lot of new things happened in my life and a lot of change happened so that felt like uh, the first time where I really was excited to, to, to make something I mean anything that I did create wasn't really much uh, it wasn't really very special but it was something that right, right. I, I felt like I wanted to create just because I had new surroundings I had new friends there were like new new exciting things going on um, how old are you how old are you now i'm 21 now 21 and so how yeah. old are you at this point in time that you would have say moved to berlin and you know, um, this time? i think i was about 11 or 12 years old when i first uh, okay. picked up the camera i moved yeah. to berlin a couple of years earlier but i think that's the first time i really picked up a camera um and uh yeah just basically started off by doing you know little things with friends little uh, shitty videos in, in vertical mode. And then, yeah, I, I think uh, a mate of mine from school, he uh, he really got me into car photography. Um, and it kind of grew into this thing where we would like go onto these really expensive streets in Berlin and like stand there with like five to 10 to 20 uh, young guys that were all really passionate about cars and that we would just awesome. stand on a, on a corner waiting for like a, a special sports car to come by. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> and then you know everyone will get out and get their little Canon 760D and like start shooting yeah, with it. Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of cars would you be seeing on this on this street? Oh, we it was quite quite cool actually because it was like the it was like one street called the Kurfürstendamm in Berlin, where you had like Rolex, uh, Fendi, Prada, all these really yeah, expensive course. stores. Yeah. And uh, so we'd see like Ferraris, Lamborghinis, uh, so Bugatti a couple times. Like it was it was pretty 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 cool. For us then, at least. Uh, now the of excitement course. has gone off there a bit, but uh, that kind of became a bit of a bit of like a competition between us. You know, who could get the best photo of a car that was driving by in like three seconds? Who could, you know, uh, get the best photo of a, of a car that was standing at, at this hotel at that time? And we would all like run there, and and um, and I guess that kind of ignited a bit of a, a spark for me because I was getting feedback from my from my friends and also I was posting online on like a separate Instagram channel, the car photos I was taking. And then eventually I kind of got in touch with the owners of the cars uh, that kind of saw their cars online, um, the photos oh, yeah. I took of them. And they kind of wanted to do some private shoots with the cars. Um, so nice. then I got to know them nice. and, and uh, yeah, most of the time, I mean, it might sound logical, but most of the time these people are pretty, at least uh, they have money. They're, they're pretty influential of course. also. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. so that, that, that was kind of a, a good way to, to get in touch with some, some higher end people who had connections to some brands maybe, or, or uh, you know, some, at least there, there was an opportunity to, uh, to make some yeah. content. Were these, these people that own the cars, were they like entrepreneur type people? Were they like brand owners, business owners? Yep, yep, okay. everything above. Um, and I actually have, uh, I know people to this day really well. Um, that kind of also gave me a bit of bit of a start uh, back then. Uh, that I know from 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 the car spotting thing. So um, right, nice. So like th things have actually stemmed from you taking these pictures of cars and just being out there, and people saw you as well as they've seen your they saw your work, and then you actually got landed like managed to get things and jobs and opportunities from that. Is that right? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly. Interesting. Interesting. That's a huge thing of just being like being out there, getting yourself out there in front of people because it's uh, it's quite common that I see a lot of people they they want to shoot cars, they want to do all these things, but then they're too not too scared, but they're not say confident in their ability, or they just don't have the uh, whatever it takes to say get out there and actually get in front of people and try stuff and be out there and. Uh, be in the right place to reach opportunities and things like that. So, yeah. wow, that's cool. That's no, awesome. absolutely. I think that's also uh, the moment I did actually start posting stuff on, on, on social media. I mean, it went slow at first, like with everyone, I think. But of course, yeah. Uh, that's the kind of a moment you realize that there are other people out there also interested in what you do and that also yeah. actually appreciate some of the stuff you do. And that, that can also have like a motivating factor, of course, at the beginning where you're like, whoa, whoa, actually... Some people yeah. are, are, you know, like these photos and, and that can give you a boost to create more and more and kind of get into a, a rhythm where... Right. Uh, yeah, it now, sounds like, uh, I was just going to say, it sounds like from your, your story here, it sounds like you have a bunch of friends that do this as well and that are into filmmaking and photography. Is that is that true or do you just make it sound like you have a bunch of friends or... Um, um, I, I didn't at the start. Like I said, I had one really good friend called Tristan uh, uh, who, uh, who got me into the car space. And then yeah. we kind of built a bit of a friend group around that. Um, but I, I don't really know any, any of those guys anymore. I think for the, throughout the years, okay. I... I uh, of course, you know, yeah, you grow apart. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You, I got to know a lot of other creators in the space. Actually, also, I think one of the uh, 
uh, one of the ways to grow the fastest, uh, especially when uh, like in regards to your own skill, is like teaming up with others and other creators, because there's yeah. so so yeah. much of a such a quick, uh, really uh, intimate feedback that you get. Because, because yeah. you know, well, it, it's it's compounding of learning at that point. Exactly. Like, if they learn something and they're like, "Hey, this works really well," they'll tell you, and so you don't have to do all that work to figure that out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's like, yeah, that's that's actually huge. So when you did these videos for like, when these like owners of these cars would reach out to you, was this like free work, or were you actually getting paid? Like, were they actually offering to pay you money for these um, videos? It it started out as free work, just because I was also okay. you know we were really interested in the cars, so we yeah. were like. If this owner got in contact with us about his Ferrari, we were like, what? This guy's, <laughs> he, he's letting us shoot his car. We couldn't believe it. Um, right, and then, yeah. you know, as, as time went on, uh, I started charging, you know, 50 euros, 100 euros uh, yes, for the yeah, shoots. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's, that makes a lot of sense. Now, the does this stem into you doing, say, like the Ferrari 5 video and things like that? Is that where these kind of come from? Um Technically, yeah. I mean, that, that okay. project specifically was um, uh, for Ferrari France. So for okay. Ferrari France basically opened like the biggest dealer in, in Europe, um, like the b biggest car dealership. And um, they, they wanted to create like a launch film for the opening night. So they'd invited like a thousand of the most, I don't know, prominent figures in the car business. And they wanted to have a film for that opening night. Um, And uh, I was already in contact with them like a year or two before by actually uh, going to, to a, a racetrack event that one of the guys that I met, I don't know, six, seven years ago on, the, on that street in Berlin, that guy hosted that event. So I, I went there oh, and wow. I, I was actually connecting with, with uh, photographers. Um, and I, rem I remember on the last day, I was like... Uh, at the track and you have all these cars going by so there's extremely loud noise all the time so you can't really make good conversation but uh, I remember like seeing a guy with a really nice Sony lens somewhere at the end of, of, of the, the pit lane where the cars drive in and out yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, I thought like oh should I should I go go over to him or, or should I you know head home because it was the end of the day but I just decided ah oh, fuck it I'll just, I'll just uh, run over there and, and, and see you uh, See, see, you know what he makes. So we connected, and um, turned out to be a really cool guy. And uh, nice. uh, yeah, a couple of weeks later, he sent me like a, a couple of months actually. He sent me a DM on Instagram saying that he was like Loki uh, doing like a little shoot with some friends of his in Paris. There was going to be some cars there. Uh, he didn't say what or who they were, um, and he just asked me to like want to go. It's like we can't pay you, but you can sleep at our place and just. Just hook up. Oh, and make, interesting. Make some cool so stuff. So you were then, I guess, taking a risk. Like you, you have to get get yourself to Paris, so you'd be spending your money Absolutely. to get there. But you're taking the risk to see what happens, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, so eventually I, I said yes, and I decided to just, you know, exactly. I drove to Paris, and um, it's like a six, seven hour drive from from Amsterdam. Okay. Um, okay. And uh, uh, met the guys, and you know, the moment I I arrived at their place <laughs> they had like four ferraris standing in front of the door and, oh my God. and they were like hop in hop in we need to go quick to the to the first location and i was like what is going on um oh god that's amazing that's awesome <laughs> yeah and so the the that photographer turned out to have like a lot of contacts to to uh, uh you know car owners and actually also was a really good friend of a racing driver and he in right. turn was uh, had very good contacts with 
the car Ferrari car dealership in Paris. Yeah. So, right. so it, it sounds like it sounds like this is a, a like in terms of meeting people and connecting. It's a slow burn because you're saying you met these people on the street, and then you're like six years later is when the guy was having the event, and then like that's a long freaking time to the point where most people would be like, oh, he probably doesn't remember me, or I don't remember even who he is. Yep. And, and then, then you're like, oh, and then like and then I met this photographer. Then a couple months later, and for some people, even a couple months is a long time. Yep. So it's uh, it's a good lesson in like, hey. It takes time to build these connections, get out there and meet people. Cause yeah. for sure. But also yeah. one thing to say is that it, it literally only takes one thing or knowing the like one person that can spark everything. So if, like if you meet one person, they could lead from like a connection here to a connection there to a connection here. And then it just like spider webs and spreads. And if you have great work, people will talk about you and it will be like, like it'll happen faster than you expect. It will for sure. Yeah, absolutely. No. And I mean, you say that it, 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 uh, you mentioned just it took a long time, like six years, uh, until they suddenly, you know, reached out. But it, I was—I actually do my best to, when I do meet someone, at least you know, interact with their socials, send them a, like a, a message, yeah. a positive message about their work every time, because that that upkeep of relationship is really yeah. important. I think. Yeah. Well, I guess at that point, then you're kind of front of mind. There, you're like, oh, there's that kid. He keeps commenting. Like he's engaged with what I do. He's interested in what I do. You're not just say following them and then you just never react to anything that they do ever again. You're just like obviously people will forget about you. So it obviously takes work and yep. like it's over time. So and that's honestly something that was, that we don't do enough is like, we'll meet somebody. And then sometimes we'll like, like, I don't know, we just don't interact with their, with their stuff to the point where it's like, Oh, does he remember who we are? And like, so like, yeah, that's a, that's interesting. We should, Stephen, we should do yeah. that more. We should. <laughs> I know. I, well, that's, I mean, that's kind of our motivation for doing this podcast is we want to like, we have a lot of people that we are find very interesting in the space but over the last little bit, we've never really had an, like done an effort to like reach out to them and be like, hey, let's chat or figure something out or just talk. And then, uh, but this is like a podcast is a great excuse to do that because then it's like, oh, we can actually like have a conversation, ask some questions, like for sure. that. So yeah, yeah, this is uh, this is like a hitting two birds with one stone with this thing because uh, it's uh, great content, but also it's a lot of fun to do. So yeah, awesome. So it sounds, I was gonna say, it, so it sounds like you've done like obviously a lot of branded work. What brands? have you worked with for context? You can brag here if you want, like say as much as you want. But, um, uh, what would be like your biggest brands or biggest like things that you've done? Yeah, it's funny. Always when I get this question, I have like a complete blackout. Like I, I suddenly I can't right. remember a single brand I've, I've worked with. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I recently did the Sony partnership, which was like a, a Sony yeah, Euro. I saw that video. Absolutely amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, where they reached out and, you know, they had this camera launch and, and we did uh, work together. I'd done work for them in the past, which was more like a studio kind of interview setup uh, that I filmed. But um, this was the first kind of cool project. Um, but I've worked with, let me see, because I, <laughs> I actually do have to think about this. Um, I mean, I can start saying, I can start saying off a few that I know you've done. Go ahead. Your website, but Bugatti, there's like Bugatti, Ferrari. Well, Bugatti one is like post on their socials mm -hmm. from what I saw in the video, but there's Bugatti, there's Ferrari. I know you've done, there's, I forgot the, how you pronounce it. I saw DJI it. was in there as well. Yep. You did something for DJI. 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 Awesome. Uh, there's Cortina bikes, which I don't know who they are, but that video was again, amazing. Yep. And then uh, Una 24, which is that battery bank, I think. It's like uh, a, a Wi-Fi, uh, Wi-Fi device. Wi-Fi. Okay. Yeah. And then Sony and then Ferrari and a whole bunch of car I, stuff. I, I have a quick question about that Una 24 video because yeah. I remember watching that video and being like, holy shit, I love this. Like, just like, I love the the adventure aspect mixed with like everything about it was very well done and how it was like, 
like uh it yeah just all in all very well Wait, do you want to get multiple wanna... different locations too and things like that which is awesome like dubai you... and iceland of course you want to film there those are awesome places wait, wait wait give some context to like basically what it is for people who haven't seen it yeah so, yeah just like i'm just saying give some context so people listening know what this what we're talking about because here i'll i'll explain i just because I, I just watched the video it's like uh, the video starts with these people at looks like their their houses and they're kind of getting ready to go on an adventure and then they, aren't they meeting up with each other eventually in the story and exactly. then, like what, like the, the guy's going to Dubai she's going to Iceland and it shows like this Wi-Fi battery bank thing uh, is like can adapt to wherever you go travel perfect and be your your perfect travel companion <laughs> and that kind of thing so um very well done i'm gonna link the video down in the show notes down below so you guys can go check it out uh but i had just have one question about that is what when you you were the director for that as well as like were you what was your roles on that that shoot and also like i'm curious what your what your team looked like for that yeah um okay so this was actually a project where i did everything uh, by myself basically uh, oh, wow. I, I had a camera okay. camera guy there, and uh, uh, for one of the locations we had an assistant. But um, and I, I mean, I mean, I have to honestly say a bit of way more than I can shoot because this was like two okay. months <laughs> of complete hell. Uh, you know, producing everything, prep, preparing the uh, uh, you know like locations and and all the different kinds of. Uh, I was going to ask whether you had a producer on that that shoot or whether it was just you because. You have locations, but you also have actors. And I was like, man, I kind of hate dealing with actors. Did you have to do that and go through that pain? Or like, what's the, what was that, that like in terms of like, if you had someone to do that for you or whether that was all you? Yeah. So um, maybe I'll, I'll go into the, the front story first a little bit. Um, this basically came about because uh, I had a, a contact in, in Berlin from my time when I was still, still living there. Um, who I'd done some interview videos for and, and we had a really good click and... Um, he suddenly uh, kind of got into a leadership position at Una24 at this company, and we'd we'd right. worked together, and we had a you know on a on a human level we had a good connection, and he was like, do you want to produce this commercial for us, you know, and what would it cost? Um, and that was for me also a time where I wasn't really doing any big shoots yet, so I was like, uh, yeah, sure, I'll just grab my camera and you know <laughs> start shooting. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but once I'd said yes to this uh, thing, then I kind of slowly saw that there was there were a lot of expectations from their side, and uh, a lot of different kind of steps I had to take to to fulfill what they wanted. Uh, so then I started right. thinking, okay, like we need to you know get this to the next level. Um, so we went back and forth for a couple of weeks and like talking about locations and and um, uh, you know the story. We built that first. Um, and yeah. then I just I thought like whoa I know we've we've gone this far why don't I just finish it off and produce it myself and <laughs> direct it and edit it um, uh, so that yeah that's that's what I did uh, I, I just started planning with Google Maps uh, and, nice. and Instagram started scanning all the locations and then I did some posts in a Facebook group here in in the Netherlands in like an acting group where I asked if there was anyone that wanted to. Uh, to join us on like a little adventure to, to Iceland and then yeah. Dubai. Yeah. And uh, well, I, mean, I feel like you'd be stupid for saying no to that. That sounds like a great opportunity for an actor. Just yeah. Travel to Iceland, Dubai. That'd be cool. No, exactly. Um, and then I, I ended up asking a friend of mine to, to shoot it and kind of have like an assistant role where, where we would be flexible. And sometimes I'd shoot some scenes. Sometimes he would. Um, and I mean, yeah, I, I, I cast 
I, I, I cast the, the actors, the two actors, and basically took a, a really big dive into the deep end on this. Cause wow, that's awesome. Nice. That's so cool. That's well, like definitely, the, I'm going to say that that video looks like you had a, a whole team behind you, like you had producers and location scouts, because it was like, it just, it looks very well done. And, I've, seen, um, I've seen worse videos that have had a much larger crew. So it's just kind of funny to be like, oh, this guy had like himself, maybe another person, and that's it. Mm -hmm. The one thing that blew my mind is when you got the shots in the airplane with nobody else in the airplane. Yep. And I was like, I remember I messaged you on Instagram. I'm like, how the fuck do you pull that <laughs> off? Because that's crazy. You, you have to airplane. ask somebody to move, which is like the worst thing ever in an airplane. Especially on like a long flight like that. They're probably getting all settled in. They're all comfy. And then you're like, excuse me, we're filming a, a thing over here. Do you mind moving? Honestly, I don't. I, I think I would say yes, but I, feel, I know a lot of people would not say yes to that. Yeah, no, actually, that's kind of how, how it went. We, first of all, we got lucky because it was during COVID time. So there were very few people actually flying. Okay. Um, okay but we did actually ask a couple of people just to move. Just say, could you just move? Could you just lean back <laughs> just out of our shot, please? Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we got lucky. It was, a, it was actually kind of a blessing and a curse, that, that whole uh, COVID time. Because Iceland, for, for example, was completely empty. Because like normally there are like tourists right. everywhere yeah. apparently. That's when yeah. we, we you went there and it was yeah bumping with people. Yeah, exactly. And now we went there and it was we we didn't see a single tourist. Literally, not a single tourist. That oh, wow. was it hard. Was it hard to get in? Did you have to do some like testing and things like that? Yeah, yeah. It was very. That was also the downside mainly. It was really stressful because the moment we landed at the airport, we weren't vaccinated yet. We we didn't have any antibodies or whatever. So the the rules were you could choose a hotel, you could go to that hotel and you could stay there. And if you were caught leaving the hotel, it was like a two or $3,000 fine, something like that oh, wow. per person. Okay. Um, so we went there, we landed at, at the airport and there was immediately like a police officer kind of uh, saying like, okay, uh, if you aren't there tonight, then you know, you're in trouble. And we were like, yeah, 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 okay, fine. So we went to the hotel and then in the hotel at literally 1 p.m., 1 a.m., uh, we got a phone call, like, just checking in if you're at the hotel. And we were like, yeah, yeah, we're there. And he's like, okay, could you just open the, the front door? And they were standing in front of our hotel room, checking if we were actually actually there, sleeping there. Oh, my um, God. So that was kind of really stressful throughout the whole uh, trip. And so how did you end up getting out to film then, if you were... Yeah, so I kind of found a loophole. I did some research beforehand in the planning and found a loophole that if, you're, if you, your hotel was far enough away from the airport, you could sleep in one other hotel along the way. And then we okay. kind of, you know, drove to the first hotel and just got out really quickly to shoot some scenes, got back into the car and started driving again. <laughs> oh, oh my, my God, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, that's so that's, that's, that's how we pulled that off. But overall, very stressful uh, <laughs> experience. Wow, wow. Nice. Okay. Well, I mean, you have some dedication to the craft then. Cause like, there's so many people that I know that would be like, you know what? It's too hard. We're not even going to try, but like, I can guess. you, um, you can answer this if you, if you want to, you don't have to, but can you share with us, share with us what the budget for that video was or again, um, you don't have to, if you don't want to. I think I can, I, mean, I don't mind, but, uh, no, I think I can. Um, the budget was about 15,000 euros for this. So okay. oh, that's a good size. Yeah. And, and that includes like what it costs to produce as well as like what you're going to take home as well. Everything. Profit yeah. And payment. yeah. Yeah. So hotels, yeah. travel costs, everything. And then also the, the people I worked with. So 
right, right. I I didn't make a lot of money on this, especially because you know Iceland and Dubai <laughs> Dubai are quite expensive, both of them. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was okay, that's a, yeah. Is it real I'm good? That that's <laughs> Sorry, oh it's like a delay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Um, it was a real good start for me to to uh, get a grasp of what these bigger productions are like, and. Um, I mean, like I said, it was it was absolute hell for two months just because of all the stress and things that went wrong and things that you know had to be accounted for. So I'm never producing again myself, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, get, it right. gave me good insight no. into the whole so, process. Oh, so with the so with that being said, what are your thoughts on doing like f spec work and free work and like how that plays into someone's career? Yeah, um, I think that's the most important thing I did to to get to where I'm at now. Um, so right. so far, I've, it's just coming back to me slowly. I've I've worked with uh, clients like Sony Europe. Uh, I've done stuff with with Audi here in the Netherlands a couple of times. I did a job with Polestar, which is like a, a sister brand to Volvo Volvo in Berlin. Um, we did Ferrari. We did Bugatti. Um, and yeah, the the brands I just mentioned, I think maybe not all of them, but eighty percent of them all stemmed from doing spec work. Uh, or in, in, in this instance, maybe in Polestar. With Polestar, it was uh, also a mix between like free work. Um, um, so yeah, absolutely essential. I mean, because in the end, if a client wants a video produced, they want security and they want to know what you're able to do. And if you yeah. can show them exactly, this is what I can make. Um, and if you might even have different, um, you know, uh, categories in like sports and fashion and, and you can show that you're versatile and you can match their their um, their expectations and that's the most uh, you know important thing you, you guys know this of course but um, yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah spec work is for sure the most important thing and I mean uh, a lot of times people ask me like what what would you you know how do I start and how do you, uh, how, what's the best way uh, for me to become a filmmaker and it's honestly just the simplest answer, which is just create, just make stuff, make, make, make as much as you can. Yes. Um, I yeah. think yeah. I did in the first year where I was like kind of starting out, I did like 300 videos, just they were absolute shit, but um, it was just making, <laughs> they, you know? They all start that way. Yeah, exactly. they all start that way. I was, I was just gonna say that the, the number one biggest thing for us, which is why like it's how we got into YouTube and why we even started posting YouTube in the first place is just volume, just do number of videos, and then you'll figure out how to do quality of videos once you get into it. Yeah. But it's like, that's like the number one biggest thing that is like, just start making something and then go from there, which obviously yeah. you had the same experiences. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about getting, all about getting the practice in and things like that. I, I will say sometimes I, we get comments all the time of people being like, Oh, like I want to, I just don't know what to make. A lot of people say they don't know what to, what to do. And it's like, um, I'm just going to say this more for the podcast rather than to tell you about it just because you probably already know this but like um something that steven and i have done many times in the past is what we do is we it's like we d we've done copy work so like what you do is you find a video of something that you like and like you your goal is to go out and try to recreate it because then you kind of get to you don't have to worry yourself with what the story is going to be what uh like what the concept of the video is going to be all your like especially when it comes to say editing which i think is a, an area where a lot of people want to get better at because it's uh it uh can obviously help you in your filmmaking career, but also in the filming category, just like find a piece that you like and try to recreate it. So figure out what kind of shots they're getting, go out and get those same cool. shots and then go out and then in the editing process, 
figure out how they edit it together and then do the exact same thing. Cause we've found that doing that totally removes like being like, ah, I don't know what, what to film, what to do, except it still allows you to get the practice in and stuff like that. Interesting. That's a good idea actually. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, obviously, these are things like you wouldn't obviously release this because typically, A, you don't have the same budget as this video that you really like, so it might turn out complete like shit. Or if it does turn out good enough, it's a complete carbon copy of the other person's video, so it's like you don't yeah, want to release it. Yeah, and you're using it, it purely like, for practice. You're not using it for to, to, to post anywhere, really. But like we've had friends being like, oh, I want to get into YouTube, and but I just don't know what, what videos to make. And I'm like, honestly... Go to Peter McKinnon's YouTube channel, scroll down to the uh, videos that he's posted a year ago, read off the title, and that's your video idea. Like, just take that and interpret it however you will and make that video. And again, just post those videos or remake those videos and just get the repetitions and actually just doing the work and actually editing. And then you'll eventually, you'll be like, I want to make my own thing. And then you do that by by doing that so yeah no that's that's actually really really good tip i might do that myself sometime um yeah yeah, we've i like i like we've done it steve and i've done it many times when it comes to editing we're like oh we like that style let's just go out and try to like that's a lot of what say if you've seen our spec ad series Mm -hmm. um on on youtube is like that's a lot of what we're doing we're we're we we're on instagram we see an ad or a, a video that we like and we're like well essentially we're because for the video we're trying to make it a bit more original and put our own little creative twist on it but and not totally rip off that whoever's video this is but like we use that as like a huge reference and inspiration for the video and like we kind of look at oh what kind of shots are they getting what editing technique are they using what's their frame rate what's their aspect ratio and that kind of thing and yep. it allows you to kind of use take little bits from things that you've seen and put them into your own work so yeah no i, I agree fully and i think once once you've you're kind of at a level where where you feel more confident with the different you know tools and aspects of, of filmmaking, uh, what yeah. I do right now to to kind of improve myself and to get new ideas is constantly um, look at other people's work. So I subscribe to a lot of production company pages on Instagram yeah. and YouTube and Vimeo, and just I try to do half an hour every day of just looking at new work stuff that's out there. If I like something, I, I save oh, yeah. it. Uh, I put it into like a folder where. I, where I say, uh, yeah. you know, I like this because of the editing and that because of the sound design. Um, and that way you can also kind of develop your own style a lot quicker because you've got, you know, high-end work that's out there and you can take little bits yeah. and pieces that you like yeah. and that you don't Actually, like. Actually, that's, that's so powerful because even for us, like on Instagram, if I ever see anything that's interesting, I save it and put a little folder on Instagram. And then so whenever I'm, say, coming up with an idea for a spec ad or trying to come up with anything for a video, I'll just take a peruse through that. And if he's something that catches my eye, watch it, be like, oh, right there's that I could do that which I'm sure obviously you draw inspiration from and I'm sure you do the same thing so that's such a powerful tool for something like that it's just saving things that you like versus just like see it and then it just disappears and just 100%. Like, it's gone yeah so, this uh this kind of leads into say another question which we had for you which was when it comes to learning something new um what is your process for doing that? Are you a mainly like go to YouTube video kind of guy? Do you read books about it? Do you do courses? Like how is your, what is your say skill acquisition method essentially? Yeah. Um, I think, I think 95% of everything I've learned. And I think this might, you know, uh, you might recognize this is, is just by watching YouTube videos and and by creating of course, but uh, you know, Everything you need to know, you want to know, is out there. You just have to find it. And of course, that's, that's you know, it's, it's a process. And I might have gotten lucky in the sense that I, um, I started early. So I just had time to sift through three hours of YouTube videos every day. Um, yeah. 
so yeah, that, that's, I mean, I watched YouTube religiously and every different uh, content creator out there that made good work, I was, I was watching him or her. Um, nice. And I mean, right now, I think, um, yeah, I, I think if you wanna, if you wanna start right now, I mean, there's so many good courses also online um, that are much more direct. Um, that that might be an option if you think you know there's one specific filmmaker that really works, but um, I think if you're dedicated and you really you know know where you want to go, then y you can find any everything on YouTube as long as yeah. you try to implement that into your own work. Then then you'll be right. yeah. on the right yeah, track. I've, I've heard I've heard I can't remember who said this really, but I've heard like oh if you want to learn something, you can either kind of like pay for it with time or money like it'll either take you time or money to learn and you can either pay money to learn it really fast interesting out money or you could pay time and learn it slower than say if you bought a course for it and uh but then again you saved yourself some money so if you have money and you want to learn something fast you can spend money for it if you don't have money you can then spend your time on it and it's kind of like I've heard that and I was like, oh, that's very true. I, it's not 100% dead fast rule, but it definitely uh, has some uh, some basis in reality for sure. For sure, yeah. yeah. Good point. I, yeah. Now, something I was always going to ask, which I mean, you kind of touched on earlier, slightly earlier, is that, um, so looking back on yourself, if you were 14, 15, or 16, what would you tell yourself from what you know now to get where you are sooner? Hmm, good question. Um... Like one piece of advice or just one thing, if you're like super young and you're like, like, I wish I knew this sooner because like everything just kind of clicked after that. What would be that one thing if you could name it? I think, um, I mean, there, it's definitely a combination of things that I would say. It would probably be like a, a 600,000 word email that I would write to myself <laughs> with stuff to do. But yeah. I think, uh, I think the main thing um, is, just focus on, on your work. Focus on getting your work to a point where it's as good as it can be and all the rest will follow. Now that doesn't mean right. that you know you, you, you need to completely ignore the business side and the structural side of, of, of uh, you know creating content that connect creating content that connects with people. But if you make sure your work is as good as it can be and it catches people's eyes and it tells a strong story with, with interesting visuals and if you can show that you have an interesting interesting way of looking at the world, then you know the rest will follow, to be honest. Right. Yeah, no, that's you, very interesting. Do you still look at videos that you've done that and, and like look at them and say, oh, I still want to change something? Oh, like, a, hundred, a million percent. I don't, I don't think I have a, a single video out where, I'm, where I don't... I mean, I hate it is a strong word, but, uh, you know, <laughs> which I'm... You, you wouldn't mind changing something on exactly. it. Exactly. No, 100%. Yeah. Um, even, even the work that, that I did, you know, for Morocco, for Sony in Morocco a couple of weeks back is already feels like, ah, I should have changed that. I should have done that differently. Um, uh, so, yeah. Right. That, 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 I don't think that'll ever stop, though, because it's like also, you know, something that keeps you improving, keeps you going, moving forward. Oh, exactly. I mean, that means that that means that you're learning. You're con you're constantly learning because the moment you say, "Yeah, no, it's perfect. Nothing I need to change," or even if you look back on it in a month or two and you're like, "It's still perfect," it's kind of like you just know that you haven't grown because it's just like you're stagnant at that point. Hundred percent change. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's interesting. The uh, now, okay, obviously, obviously, maybe now you don't consider that you've made it, um, but at what point would it be like, okay? 
I've made it? Like, where would you want to be in the next five to 10 years? Um, I think, so the direction I'm going in right now is of course, building, building up my own kind of brand a bit more. Um, right. so that's definitely the YouTube part, uh, creating a community also. Um, and, uh, I'm actually not sure if I want to share this already, but, um, I, I really want to, to set up like a, like a worldwide, worldwide creators agency where you kind of have a group, a community of, of, of people, um, that all kind of have a similar kind of, uh, you know, will to, to make good stuff and then have similar style and this fresh and, and young like you guys and, and uh, like create a really good community uh, there where it's not just uh, jobs that you take and to each other, that you give to each other, take and give, but it's also the, uh, that you just have a community where you can grow. Um, so right. that, that would be yeah. cool for sure. And, and then as like an ind independent creator, I think, shooting an Apple commercial one day. You know, if I can do that. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's uh, yeah, a bucket list item right there. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, the, the, the filmmakers, they get on there every time, even though they're anonymous most of the time, they're not allowed to, you know, yes, say yeah, who, who shot it. I, I also know that, it, I mean, I'm pretty sure this is true because I think we've talked about it on the podcast, old, really old episode, but Apple has like a dedicated agency for themselves only. Like they don't work with a third party agency. So they work with an Apple dedicated agency that only works on their commercials. And then yeah, in there, there's a ton of uh, anonymity in terms of like yeah. uh, what you can share, who's even worked on it. Like we know some, like a drone guy that's ha had a shot of his end up in an Apple commercial, mm -hmm. but even then he like couldn't really say much about it. And it was uh, exactly yeah. very interesting stuff. Well, it's, so. I, it's actually funny you say that because we were in talks of doing a bunch of other commercial stuff and then, because they saw our stuff and they want to have a call just to kind of bring us into the agency being like, Hey, as like directors we could hire wow and they saw they they saw wait, wait, our wait, 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 for who wait, wait, what are you this is like uh evan oh yeah okay yeah sorry not uh, apple related but no 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 this is an apple related okay this okay, is okay. just sorry yeah yeah Re recheck me i should rephrase this but this is isn't isn't apple related this is more just like general commercial work because this guy worked for a marketing agency or a production agency that works with a whole bunch of different brands and uh he had seen our apple watch commercial that we did with the pov rig for our spec ad um, oh, i saw that that was good Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I'm really proud of that one because it just turned out exactly how I imagined it in my brain. I was like, this is just great. But there's always something you would change. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Um, but we did that and he saw that and he's like, he's like, yeah, this is really good. I'm like, yeah, we, we did it in like a day. He's like, wow, very impressive. And he's like, oh, we'll have to send that to Apple to see what they say. Because he's like, this is just exactly along their lines of like what they would do for a commercial. Yep. And I was just thinking like, oh my God, that'd be sick. Because like, who knows? They could be like, Let's do it. And yep. then, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, uh, we haven't a, heard anything since. We haven't heard anything since, but ago, like, but. theoretically, just like that hope and joy. I was like, oh, that would be awesome. Just like, know, yeah, amazing. Yeah, no, I, I've actually, uh, I think Apple might be making a, a move towards kind of uh, a more open uh, approach towards working with, with more production companies. Um, actually, I forgot this, and I'm not sure if I can say this. You, you need to remind okay. me afterwards, but... Uh, I actually I'll, did a. I'll write down the timestamp here. We can cut it out. If... I <laughs> I did a um, a commercial for Apple Music three two or three weeks ago, where it was oh, like nice. a, a shoot with Metallica and and Zayn, um, and that was done through like a, a newer production company that they were working with, and they they approached me in the end. But um, it seems like they might be you know seeing a bit That's... more, being a bit more open to what's wow. out there. 
Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. That's uh, that's sick. No, will we have see? Will we see that somewhere? I guess it, this might be like a Dutch commercial. It's it's online already. It's it's on the official Apple Music uh, YouTube channel. Oh, oh wow. wow, sick. Okay, I'll have to maybe go take a look and see if I can find it. Yeah, that's dope. When you uh, now, when it comes to filmmaking, like who is your biggest inspiration for filmmakers? Like people you see, and you're just like, I want to do that, or that's sick. Um. I'd say there's about two or three directors um, that do commercial okay. work. Um, one is is uh, Valentin Petit. He's actually called, uh, and he oh no joke yes passed away uh, three or four days ago. Um, yes, no, I heard about that because I know that there's a few people on Instagram that posted stuff, and I saw it, and it was incredible stuff. Yeah, I couldn't. So, yeah, yeah, I couldn't believe that that guy passed away all of a sudden. Because I was literally, you know, every time I had a project, I would refer back to his videos. And he just has a really yeah. interesting way of approaching uh, approaching situations in a, in a way that, and telling a story in a way that's very out there and really different. And, uh, is, right. you know, if you see just a single frame of his work, you're like, ah, that's that's him. Right. Um, yeah. Is he is he fairly young? I don't know how yeah, old he Yeah, he was 34, I believe, 33. Oh, 34. wow. Okay. That's... Yeah, um, that's uh, wow. That's a lot. Yeah, he's he's for sure. Uh, that was a big loss. Um, uh, but him and then uh, Lukas Tierke is also another one. He's uh, uh, a director from Germany, I believe Düsseldorf, and he has some really good automotive work. Um, and also started really young with just like little videos by himself, and then grew into like shooting jobs for every single car brand you can imagine. And he started a, right. his own agency now also, which is also very interesting to, to see uh, someone else do that and do it success, successfully. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, just I have, I could probably give you a list with about 20 or 30 people. Just just yeah. like I said, I try to get as much content and as... Uh, right. I, I find it interesting because you're not necessarily like, say, you're not, say, looking towards youtube filmmaker so like say casey neistat peter mckinnon like that you're going more like a hey, commercial direction in terms of like where you really draw inspiration from because a lot of people we say i ask that question to they say like peter mckinnon casey neistat like uh nicholas crystal like all these like sam colder especially those kinds of people where it's like very much like big hitters on the youtube side of things i find it interesting that you just go in the in the realm of like not necessarily super known on social media but just crazy good commercial work in the paid space yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think I definitely respect p uh, creators like Peter McKinnon and Sam Calder uh, and and Casey and I said absolutely, and I, I watch them regularly also. And I think also like you guys, Peter McKinnon was one of the guys that you know got you hooked into this whole YouTube filmmaking thing. But yeah. I mean, these creators are big and they are where they are. I think at least because they they did something new, they did something interesting and they did something special that might have started out small but then grew into something bigger. And yeah. I feel like if you kind of try to look uh, look into spaces where there might not be so many people watching, like these smaller directors doing commercial work uh, locally or internationally, then there's, <clears throat> there's there might be some more fresh new ideas instead of looking at creators, big creators like Sam Calder or Niklas Kristel or whoever that have you know, a million people look at the, looking at them every day. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. That's a very good point. I also find, like, in those big creators' cases as well, is, like, oftentimes they also need to make 
uh, they a lot of them kind of get into i'd say sam Coulter's a bit less about this but like they get caught in the trap of like oh i need to make something because the general population is going to like it versus like these directors can be a bit more like out there in a way where they can make something that that like is a bit more unique that not everyone's going to look at and be like oh wow that's that's so great it like hit the algorithm on youtube got a million views um, and that's because that's not their job. They're not their job is to not get a million views on YouTube. Their job is to make a really compelling commercial, tell a good story, and do it in a very unique way, which aligns with their style. Which is uh, so I feel like creators tend to kind of like cater to the masses, and then like these directors are a bit more like this is what I want to do, and this is how it's going to go. So, yeah, no, a hundred percent. I'm I'm actually also really curious about your your uh, journey on this because I I imagine that. With you, it started out as, you know, we want to make films and we want to create, you know, cool stories and that it also kind of transitioned into maybe more more of a YouTube focused thing. I don't know how that how that went. Yeah, for I would say like, I mean, our whole story, I'd say out of all the, the people that like our biggest inspiration for who got us into filmmaking was probably Casey Neistat was like a one top of the pyramid. Uh, we actually weren't huge, not fans, but we actually weren't avid watchers of Peter McKinnon for like the longest time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I don't know why he just, I mean, we just didn't find his videos, but we like, there would be people on, on YouTube that we'd be like, oh, we want to make videos. Like Sam Colder was another huge influence on us. So like, if you took Casey and I sat Sam Colder, put them together, that's kind of who we try to emulate. Yep. And especially on the social media side, we are, we're we, like, we kind of are leaning into the creator kind of like, uh, more Mr. clickable Beast, stuff, more clickable stuff, because that is what gets the clicks. That is what gets 100%. the numbers and it is kind of what, what happens, but on the commercial side, on the actual freelance side, we do tend to try to take a bit more of a serious approach to it, which is a bit more of like, we're going to try to make something that's good and we make something that the client's going to be happy with and does its job. And it might be a bit more unique and out there than say our YouTube videos would be. So it, for us, it is kind of like a two, a double-sided sword, a double-edged sword in the sense of like, we, um, like we have to kind of like be these fun kind of charismatic people online and you on the YouTube side uh, to get the clicks. But then we also, we do want to be respected as filmmakers on the other side. And some people, if they're not super big fans of what you do or really dive into what you do, they might see the YouTube side and be like, oh yeah, they're not, they're not good filmmakers, but it's like, oh no, but have you seen our other stuff, which is what we actually would do if you hired us to do a video. So I don't know. Yeah. We like try to balance both of those and like we're, we have fun doing both and we like doing both. So I'm not going to necessarily change just because some guy is not going to hire me because I make a YouTube video about uh, making a commercial for some funny brand and we're going to make a funny video about it. But it's uh, it is one of those things that like we do kind of need to balance and work with for as, sure uh, as filmmakers. And stuff. Yeah, I, th I think balance is also the key word there. You know, it's it's very yeah, easy to yeah. tip the scale into one direction. And I think that's also why it took me quite a while to to kind of really start with my whole YouTube uh, journey. Because I think I did yeah. about six or seven videos that were like ready, 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 where I you know, right. did a video about some kind of an, uh, an effect or some kind of a, a video I shot or whatever, where I just, it was finished and I thought like, ah, this is kind of, the scale isn't really tipped into something that I'm really passionate about and something that would yeah. connect yeah. to people. Yeah. I mean, I would also say that there is like a bit of a, like a two, like another double-edged sword here where it's like, in some cases though, if you want to do YouTube, you do have to play the YouTube game where it's like, if you have those videos about the effects or a tutorial type thing, just release it because like, that's especially a great way for you to say, get eyeballs, new people coming into you being like, oh, who is this guy? Build notoriety in terms of what you do. Yep. And then from there, you can always, you can do like 
films and stuff from there. And as long as you can show that you can do like good high quality work, I think that you could also get a little in your head being like, oh, this has to be perfect. And like, it might get a little bit too much, but that's just the way I see it. So, I mean, everyone has their own style of how they want to post on YouTube and do stuff like that. You're obviously killing it because the videos you've posted have done incredibly well. So thank you. Maybe don't take any advice from me and just keep doing what you're doing because you're, you're killing it. So thanks dude. I yeah. Appreciate that. Two ways to think about it on that. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I, here, I have another question here, which is a bit more niche, but I, I want to know the answer to it is, uh, in speaking of your latest YouTube video, you talked about working with Bugatti and making your, your video that you ended up getting reposted on the Bugatti Instagram account. You talk about in your color grading process, your secret sauce. <laughs> and I was wondering if you could enlighten us as to what that secret sauce is, if you want, um, I would love to know just cause you're like, yeah, so I just do this. I do this. I do this. And then I add my secret sauce and it goes from looking pretty okay to like, oh damn, that's very good. So <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny actually, cause I think I literally, since that video came out, I get about 10 DMS per day asking like, what is your secret sauce? Where can I get it? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, I might do a future video on this. Uh, I'm uh, kind of reluctant on selling any LUTs or whatever, but it's basically yeah. a, a combination of, of a couple of different uh, LUTs, uh, color grading processes, um, and also exposing in camera is also a big part of, uh, you know, the, the, the look that you want to get in the end. I try to, at least with Sony, I try to overexpose everything a little bit by about 1.7 yeah. stops. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what we do too. We try to do that. You're shooting S-Log3, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And a really big thing is also to take that look that you know you're kind of going for in the post, which is my, you know, conversion and then plus the secret sauce, and loading that into a monitor uh, so that on set you know exactly what the what the final product is going to final image is going to look like. Um, but yeah, it's it's basically a mixture of conversion LUTs plus uh, some some project-specific uh, adjustments to match the, the feel of the, the entire film you're going for. And then it's... Um, I kind of alternate between a couple of different styles, some LUTs that I created myself. I sometimes use uh, lens distortions, finishing LUTs. They have like a couple couple good ones. Um, but yeah, <laughs> my secret source is secret also to me because it changes every time. I think it's right, the, right, the, the right. best thing you can do is train your eye into kind of knowing what's, what is your style, what do you like? And as, as soon as you kind of get a feel for, oh, I like a bit more blue in the shadows and I like a bit more orange in the highlights and you start develop that taste, you start developing that taste, then, then uh, I think you'll get to, you know, where you want to go pretty quickly. Do you, uh, are you a big, are you really big into the color grading side of videos or are you a bit more of like a, like, oh, well, I do it because I have to and I know how to do it. It's just like, that's not necessarily your favorite part is like, or do you love color grading and that kind of thing? Um, it's definitely not my favorite thing about creating, but it's, it's also, you know, um, one thing I like about working on, on bigger sets, because I've done a couple, this last year I've transitioned to like slowly bigger crews. Um, I also did... Uh, quite a, the, the the Cortina bikes commercial was actually the first proper commercial where we had like 35 people on set and I was like directing 40 year olds telling them what to do and I was like why why would I have something to say about what you do um 
But that, the cool thing about that was that, you know, I could kind of, for the first time, see how all these different uh, parts of the filmmaking process kind of come together and how about every, behind every part you have, uh, you know, someone with a, with a vision and someone that works with a color grader or an editor or whatever, and they kind of bounce ideas off of each other and they, they, they work in harmony to kind of bring this entire vision together. Um, right. And... Yeah, that's that's a really special thing about filmmaking is I think that you have these different parts, these different instruments that you can kind of play to create uh, an orchestra. Um, and for me, you know, the the color grading is just a really really cool instrument that is necessary for that entire process. So yeah, yeah I've, I definitely nice. um, long answer for <laughs> for for a short answer. No, that was a good answer. Are you uh you're editing in Final Cut or you're color grading in Final Cut? Not DaVinci. Um, I switched about a, about a year ago to grading in, in DaVinci, but only for the bigger projects like the Ferrari right. Five. I did uh, mostly in DaVinci, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said in the YouTube videos, it's it's um, as long as you kind of know what you're doing, then it's possible with with lesser tools. Yeah. But DaVinci is a hundred million percent the way to go. Also, in terms of editing suite, just because. I mean, yeah. I, Apple just brought up uh, brought out an, an update yesterday, I think, to Final Cut Pro, and I was like hoping, you know, they'd go above and beyond again. But it's it's uh... yeah, no, DaVinci just seems to be killing it every single time. And it's like everybody, anybody who asks, like, hey, I want to get into editing or like get into editing, I just say like, just download the free version of DaVinci Resolve. You'll like be able to learn everything you need to know even before you have to pay for it. And it's just such a good tool to recommend as well. It's so easy to recommend. Premiere and Final Cut, I'm like, you got to pay for it. So if you're dedicated, then you could have it, but it's not the same, sort of. Yeah, no, 100%. I think the only reason I'm, I'm sticking to Final Cut in terms of an editing software right now is because it works extremely fast with, with Apple. And I've just, oh, over yeah. the years, I mean, I started working in... in in uh, iMovie, so it's just I have all my commands customly figured out. I can edit really fast in that, and um, right. yeah, yeah, not really necessary oh, to switch good. at the moment. That's dope. Nice. Uh, what is your uh, what is okay? So this is probably a classic question you get all the time. But what does your your current filming kit look like? The the kit of your camera kit. What does that look like right now, in terms of your go to? Um, it it consists of a Sony FX3 and an A7S3. Um, I've also got an eight, uh, an FX6, um, and they kind of all share the same sensor, so that's a really okay. nice, yeah. uh, really nice setup because you have the the FX6 that I kind of use for bigger shoots also, which is really mandatory. Where it's re really much more mandatory to have like a a body that you can build out into bigger rigs and monitors yeah. and everything, and you have the the FX6, the FX3 and, and A7S3, which also share the same sensor right. and color science and everything that. Is, are much more portable um, and I mean I've shot on a lot of different lenses in the past also like I recently did a, a commercial uh, for the Dutch government with like a, um, a, a Leica lens set like a really old Leica lens set um, but you know like I said it comes back to if you know what kind of look you want to go for shooting on a 24 to 105 Sony um, yeah, is you know you, you that's can get one of those, there. Like, yeah, that's one of those things that when you like 
that really impressed me about you is that you are like, you're not so hell bent on being like, I need the shallowest of lens or I need this lens to make my video look a certain way. Cause you're using a 24 to 105 F4. Yeah. And I'm like, the images you pull out of that thing are just unreal. And then it just goes to show that it's all about like the composition, the lighting and color grading that really would have a much more, way bigger of an impact than say, I need this certain specific lens because it's going to make my footage look a certain way. So yeah, I found very impressive. You can also see it with uh, like creators like Danny Gewurz, who, who, who's, you know, been blowing up recently. Um, yeah. you know, some stuff he shot with like his FX3 and like a 24 to 70, it looks like, looks like an absolute movie, like an absolute blockbuster. Yeah. Um, and those, those lenses aren't crazy expensive. They're not like cinema lenses. So you don't have to like chill out so much money to get these things, which is, awesome because then it means it just makes it way more accessible with the tools you have yeah for sure yeah yeah the uh do you want to do a bit of a rapid fire questions there mitch these questions at the bottom here yeah sure because i think we're we got we pretty much hit everything actually i want to do i want to ask one last thing which this might be end up being a bit of a longer question but um what do you think that you do in your filmmaking that you think is unique to you and your style that you don't think other people do so kind of like, do you have something that you're like, oh, this is kind of my thing that I like to do that I don't see a ton of other people doing? Interesting. Good question. Um, really put him in a hard spot here, Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just let me think, think just one, one sec. Yeah, yeah, of course. Take your time. I mean, uh, I think one answer could be that, um, I, I don't know, I see a lot of people, once they get to a certain stage, they uh, outsource their their editing and their um, you know they, they might direct. Can we do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that that's fine and it works of course. Um, um, uh, and it's probably a, a good idea once you get to a certain point, of course. Um, yeah. But I find that there's something that happens in my process of directing and shooting um, when I then go to the editing process. I kind of because I know everything that we've shot, I know what happened on set, I know, you know, little takes we took when the camera wasn't, you know, wasn't pointed at the subject anymore. Exactly, kind of those yeah. those little details, as soon as you are aware of those and you can kind of go further with those in the edit, then then there's like a special thing that, that, that happens, um, I feel like. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, in regards to my style, um, I don't know, I like, I like dynamic imagery i like stuff that moves really fast and suddenly goes really slow and takes you like yeah, lets you that, breathe that comes across very like very prominently in your pieces that i've noticed is like there's a lot of motion and there's a lot of dynamic and like high energy like moments build up and then like release as well as a big yeah. thing yeah I, and that's also in in storytelling just a attention and and release is is what you know gets the keeps the viewer hooked you know, oh, what's going to happen, yeah. what's going to happen, oh, oh, that, and then, oh, wait, what, what, what is that? And then yeah, all yeah, these movies yeah. that keep you, you know, at, the, at the edge of your seat, that's, uh, I think, what they do very well. And if you can right. uh, kind of pull that through in your visuals, that's, uh, yeah, I like doing that. And, uh, and I should preface also, like, I mean, when we say we hire editors, that's mainly for our YouTube side as well. Like, when yeah. it comes to us doing client stuff and things like that, I still find that, yes, you're right. Like, being able to know what you've shot and be able to use that in your edit accordingly because you were there is so is very powerful and a very it's a nice thing to be able to do and the editor can't necessarily do that so yeah it's uh yeah and it's also not only uh 
doesn't only have to do with the with the process on shoot when you're shooting but also when I'm prepping for you know ideas I can already kind of in my head be in the edit and see like how could this work how could I blend these shots together into one like in the Una 24 video there's just a much yeah. kind of more uh, intimate connection between the pre and the post part right of course nice of course oh that's awesome um, awesome Anyways, okay rapid fire questions i got a few rapid fire questions you can answer these in a one to two sentence answer so you don't have to go super in depth if you don't want to cool um when you're not doing filming what do you do for fun uh i make music actually i, I oh play, nice. play piano play instruments oh, yeah play piano yeah nice. uh, i produce a bit of my own stuff and uh, with friends oh. so yeah that's that's definitely a big thing okay still in the creating like you're still creating something which is awesome um okay favorite movie who um off the top of my head i'd have to say whiplash or top three actually okay, whiplash. oh have you seen that's that? second answer like second uh the person i mean our editor that we had on the last episode of the podcast he said the exact same thing really whiplash was a great yeah he said whiplash was a great movie oh sick so uh yeah no the, the way really that funny. kind of combines music and rhythm and and sound with Really strong imagery in a story and really good acting. Yeah. This is just amazing. Yeah. yeah, really good. I mean, that movie has a lot of like what you like, which is like the dynamics of like super intense and then release. Super intense and release. That's very interesting. Huh. Um, okay, do you still have the drone that you won in our editing contest? <laughs> and do you, do you still use it as well? I do. I don't actually have another drone apart from that one. I do still oh. use it. That's still my... My go-to well, which drone. Which drone was it again? I, I can't quite remember which one. The Mavic Air 2, it was. Okay. It is. Yeah, that's still a pretty solid drone, so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Couldn't have done it without you guys. <laughs> well, nice. Well, I'm glad we contributed to your career. <laughs> you also had to just make a killer edit, and then it was pretty easy, so. <laughs> no, actually, like, the, the edit I did for you guys, that, that was at least a, a start of me creating a lot more, just because I saw, uh, you know, I got a lot of people coming to my page through you guys and um yeah. a lot more eyeballs and positive feedback and uh, that's always yes. like a motivating thing so I, yeah thanks for that <laughs> no yeah that's been that's been awesome i remember the first time i watched that video like where it's like i think it was a saturday when we were watching 1500 entries to our editing contest and you're swiping through them and some of them are like they're all right and you're like okay i get it like they're very similar and then yours pops up and i remember looking at mitch and i'm like holy fuck, I think we just found the winner. And this is like halfway through. So like there could have still been other ones. And then I was like, you got to watch this. So I sent it to him. He watched it like, yeah, this one's insane. Anyways, it was sick. Uh, well, thank good. you. That's, and, that's uh, very cool too. Especially for like knowing that, like, because everybody had the same footage and knowing what you did with the footage, that's just like what blew us away. We're like, this is crazy. Just like so many different angles you can take with the same footage. So also if you're listening to the podcast, we do plan on doing another editing contest in the relative near future. So maybe we'll have, uh, we'll have Ryland be a judge. Maybe who knows? We'll, uh, we'll see what we can do with that. We also got to come up with an idea for it first. So sick. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, next question. What watches do you wear? Uh, I actually have a, a tag hoyer. Um, it's okay. one I'm, I'm wearing right now. It's, um, nice. Are you a big watch guy or is it like, are you just like a one watch kind of person? Yeah, no, uh, I think I am. Um, I mean, I don't have a lot of, I don't have a big collection or anything, not yet, but, uh, yeah, yeah. no, for sure. One day. Yeah. One day. I've got a couple older, you know, swatches and some, um, some psychos 
and uh, but this is my 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 favorite go to right, go right. go for my. What grandma. is your uh, like? Would you? What are you leaning towards in terms of like high end watches? Like AP, Rolex, Patek. Patek Philippe is my, Patek. my Patek. favorite. Okay, especially the Nautilus uh, line. You've got like yeah. the fifty seven eleven and, and and some other really clean designs. I, I really love that. And yeah. the, you know, Patek that is yeah, that goes classic. paired with like a really rich history. Um, nice. So yeah, that's cool. And and Rolex, Patek and Rolex, my two favorites. Yeah, of course. Oh, those are awesome. Yeah. The uh, the other one, the the next question we have is how'd you get the Instagram name at Raylan? <laughs> it's such a clean Instagram name. Uh, I just got it really early. I was, I was like, you know, yeah. 11, 13, or 11, 12 when I uploaded my first shitty video. And uh, I thought like, well, yeah, just type in my name and uh, that works. So I That's just kept that. Kept that <laughs> okay, cool. Since. I guess you can't beat luck in that case. So, uh, and then the other thing is uh, when it comes to filming and editing a video, what percentage do you think is filming and what percentage would you say is editing for you? <laughs> it can be like a one sentence answer super quick if you uh Interesting. Don't want to um into it. I'm actually working on a project right now that I filmed a couple months ago which I already did an edit of and I didn't like the edit and right now I'm like trying to completely throw it over a, a different a different uh bridge. Um I don't know, I'd say 70% editing, maybe 30% filming. Um Okay. But that's that's for maybe commercial type specific stuff. If you're trying to tell a nar narrative story, I think it's very very important to uh, right. nail down your, your your actual story and content and everything around that. Of course. Yeah. Uh, right. Nice. Well, that's awesome. That's all the questions we have for for you. Do you have any questions for us? Amazing. Um, no, I, I just wanted to say I actually I think it's really cool that the direction you're going in right now because you're kind of I saw you're transitioning a bit from. From the more uh, to a more business uh, related yeah. Uh, yeah. videos. That's We're, a whole thing in it, in it of in it of itself because Stephen and I. I mean, yeah, we've been doing more business focused content, and it's been. It's been fun. It's been interesting, but like we're also realizing it's not performing at all on YouTube, and like no one really gives a shit because yep. it's already kind of all been said before. So we we do we're, we do kind of plan to kind of start moving a little bit back to our old style, but still kind of weave in some more like kind of like not like I don't know to try to kind of have a balance now between because we kind of did a, a like a direct one eighty switch from like our old videos to now these videos. And now we're like, okay, these videos, people are, it's good sentiment. People are liking them. People are enjoying them. It's just that they are not, uh, I don't know. They're not hitting the algorithm. They're not getting the views and they're not like, they're not getting clicks, which on YouTube is kind of the whole point, which is, that's uh, unfortunate, but yeah, it is the way it yeah is. I was going to ask you about that. If you, if you, if you're kind of thinking about moving back to more, cause the, the way yeah. I have found you guys is a couple of years ago when you did like that video on, on Sam Calder where you analyzed his style. That was the first one. I was yeah. like, damn, these guys That's are a classic, really, that, was really our, that was our very first viral video. That's the first video we've ever done that got, I think, got like over 15,000 views, 20,000 views. But I think it's now it's sitting at almost over a million now. So. Yeah. That's crazy. That's, that's wild. It's, it's actually wild you came from that because the, because uh, like, everyone says like that or there's like our Out of 52 series where we did like 52 videos in 52 weeks mm -hmm. over a year kind of thing. And uh, I'm surprised people still hang on for that long. I'm just like, <laughs> it's just kind of funny, but it's such a long time. Cause that was like six, seven years ago now. So it's uh, been quite a journey, but the, uh, yeah. So we're trying to get back to doing like, we're trying to get back to doing the spec ad stuff. So we have quite yeah. a few really, really good videos. That we want to start like releasing over the summer. Cause especially now that the weather's got a lot nicer, it's a lot easier to go out and film. Yeah. Um, so 
yeah, I think we, uh, we're getting back to how we used to do it. Cool. So. I look forward to that because you did that really, really well. So yeah, cool. <laughs> But like I said, nice. still, still the, 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 the stuff you're doing right now is also very, very insightful. And I think it's, it's difficult, more difficult for it to get numbers um stuff like that because it's a lot less yeah. visual you know when you're when you're creating something yeah. like spec ads it's like people can look and listen and interact and and when it's business stuff yeah. you're like okay take a note uh, you know yeah it's a lot of like we, we, we've had kind of the idea as well of like of like much like how you were talking about building a community and things like that it's like we kind of want to start ourselves, kind of like whether it's a discord or whatever kind of a community that way but then have those maybe do more of those like hardcore business talking head videos in that kind of community because then you know you're only getting people that really care and that are really interested in that kind of stuff and then we save like the youtube is kind of our top of funnel getting people interested and then getting them to come down join the community become interested and do it that way so yeah it's uh yeah awesome. that's kind of yeah. an idea But, yeah. that we've had so yeah so the the video actually we're posting a video hopefully today or tomorrow with the dj inspire 3 which would be fun wow uh, but that one's kind of like very much going back towards our uh are like older style where we're like going out and actually doing stuff, which should be a lot of fun. So, Sick. Yeah. Great. That, that drone is insane. Like they sent it to us and they're like, hey, do you want to try it out? And we're like, I'm going to be stupid if I say no. So of oh, course shit. I do. Wow. And they, yeah, yeah, they sent us the drone, the two, like two controllers. And it is, it's nuts. Like you'll, I'm sure you'll be using one eventually someday soon here, but it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to use and it has yeah. like amazing footage and it's, yeah, Crazy. it's totally wow, crazy. That's so cool that you got to, got to shoot with that yeah. i saw the. Well, it's funny because yeah sorry go ahead <laughs> i saw the the uh i think tokyo video it was like tokyo at night or something or a big city at night where they shot which they shot on the the gji inspire 3 and i was like blown away by the quality yeah, of we that did, we did night flying with it which is a little sketchy because landing it is a little bit tricky but uh the, the stuff that we got looks like a movie like it looks like we took a helicopter and we're filming with a red out of the window of the helicopter it looks nuts so it's crazy uh, you'll see if yeah. you watch the video today awesome. tomorrow, you'll see but awesome. the uh yeah so so yeah anyways that's i think everything we've got for today this has been an amazing conversation this has been awesome yes thank you, you for your, your time i mean i think we've been going for like almost an hour and a half or almost two hours now so no th uh, thanks for being here thanks you guys i really enjoyed it also i hope i didn't nice. talk too much I usually don't like oh, talking but about this stuff it's uh No, <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, that's what you're here for is to talk. I feel bad if I start talking a lot because I'm like, obviously people are here like, they want to hear you. And so got to make sure that yeah. you, uh, so. you did a great job. This has been awesome. Thank you everybody for watching and listening to the podcast. Uh, if you're new here, make sure you go down and subscribe to the channel. Also follow us on iTunes or Spotify if you're listening there. Go check out Ryland's, uh, sorry, Raylan's stuff. Uh, Uh, go check out his all of his stuff. It's going to be linked down below. His YouTube, his Instagram. Uh, he's got, like, you'd be stupid to go check out his stuff and not follow him. So go make sure you do that. And, uh, and yeah, I'm sure uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode with hopefully another cool guest. So see you later. <laughs>